what a week it's been. So much to talk about and so many things we can't talk about. I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. And we'd like to welcome you to Behind the Gorilla, a podcast where we delve into the wild, wacky, and crazy side of professional wrestling. How's it going, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Behind the Gorilla. And um, today is going to be a little different. It's a, it's a little different. We're doing a different type of episode today. Because there, there's, you know, we need to do a little bit more, I think, with our platform other than just talk about wrestling. I mean, because that's not, I mean, it's fun. And, you know, if you guys enjoy listening to it, obviously that's great. And we like talking about it. But there's more important things in the world. And, you know, such as our namesake, gorillas. And so this episode, we're going to talk about gorillas and about protecting gorillas and um, we're especially going to look at the um, Diana Fossey Gorilla Fund International and also, of course, the beloved WWF, the real WWF, the World the, Wildlife Foundation. The one that really matters, frankly. It's true. No, 100%. They do a lot of good and just some stuff on gorillas here before we get into you know how you can help and how you can adopt a gorilla, which is pretty cool. And, uh, you know... Gorillas, they, they display human-like behaviors in a lot of things. They also have emotions such as, you know, they can laugh, they can they can cry, they can feel sadness, and they even can make their own tools and solve problems and, and you know, help themselves survive out in the forest. They're actually pretty cool. They're way more resourceful than I am, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and that's not even touching on the fact that they can actually communicate with us. Like, I don't even know sign language, but you can teach a gorilla sign language. That's like, true. do that. No, that's, that's 100% true. And, you know, they, they share so much of kind of the, the uh, genetic code, I guess you could say, with humans. And they're technically our closest uh, species, I don't know, com- uh, I don't know, compatibil- compatible, I guess. We're, we're, you know, close to that, like with uh, chimpanzees and, and stuff like that. Um, so right now, their population is about 100 to 200,000, which is... I don't know if that's a lot or not a lot, to be honest. I feel like that's a lot, but I feel the, like for animals it's not a lot though. When but you think there's about also but people... think about how like gorillas aren't indigenous to a whole lot of places. That's so, true. So I feel like that's that's, that's a pretty good amount. But, you know, it's pretty cool. One of the biggest gorilla kind of gorilla organizations is this Diane Fossey um, Gorilla Fund International. And what their mission statement is They're dedicated to the conservation, protection, and study of gorillas and their habitats in Africa. And their successful integrated approach includes close collaboration with local governments and communities as well as partners from around the world. So, And it's named after Dr. Diane Fossey, of course, um, because in 1967 she kind of established the the big research center um, in Rwanda to help, you know, study Different animal species, and of course, gorillas are a big one there. And over at the Diana Fossey Gorilla Fund, um, on their website, you can actually adopt a gorilla, which is way better than adopting a human because, I mean, come on, it's a gorilla. And okay, it's way now cheaper. I should point out, we, we talk about a lot of just really silly, frankly, nonsense on this show. And 
I just want to make it clear that this, this doesn't mean you get to take the gorilla home. No, this sadly. This just means you get to financially support the gorilla, which is much more responsible, honestly. Well, to be honest, that is true because you don't want a gorilla in your house. I mean, that's that we, you know, we get all up in arms about zoos because and how unfairly they treat animals because they need to be out in the wild. So, you know, that'd be even worse if it's trying to live in like your apartment. Yeah. You know, so you don't want any of that. But. What you can do, you know, and it's pretty cool. They got a bunch of different species here. You can do a macabre, macabre. Now, I, I have no idea how to pronounce these names, but that's the the lower end. It's about 40 bucks. And then there's the silverback, um, Cansabee. I think that's what it is. And that's about, about 50 bucks, it looks like. You can do a silverback Mafonzo for 150. That's a little, That's on the higher end. And also, you can do a Mother Mahani. And infant, so you can do the mother and child for about a hundred bucks of another one too. So, just you know, that's what we're here for. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to promote conservation. We're trying to promote, you know, the species that we take our name from and our logo. So we thought it was only fair. Yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, that'll do it for this episode behind the gorilla. Again, thank you so much for listening and go support the gorillas. <laughs> what are you laughing for, Harris? Are we are we done? This is serious. We done with the are we gonna okay. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I thought we were I thought you had stopped recording and we were doing the Andy Kaufman thing again like we did last week. No, no, um no, I was I was still going and you kind of ruined the nice, wonderful send off here. Do you have well, something else to add? No, I don't. I just wanted to say that um, you know, growing up in Atlanta, not a, a lot of people know this, but um the Atlanta Zoo is pretty known for its gorillas. We've had like gorillas before we had anything else in the Atlanta Zoo. And I know we it's talk true. about, you know, how that's that is hard for animals and stuff like that. But I've just I've always had a real emotional connection to gorillas because of that exhibit. And I think that's that's a big part of where my love for gorillas comes from today. And I know I, I laughed earlier because of the awkwardness of the moment, but I just I can't impress upon you and on these people listening how very, very serious that I am right now. All right, that does it. We're done. Was that too far? That was way too far. <laughs> then I jumped the shark. You jumped the shark. <laughs> I blew it. All right. Happy April Fool's Day, everyone. Um, we hate gorillas. <laughs> we hate them. They're the worst. Uh, Every listener we've ever had just left. <laughs> Nobody even clicked on it. <laughs> I, I, I Look, uh, at the time of recording, is- I don't know whether I'm going to fully commit to this and title this a gorilla episode or not. Um, so at this point, obviously, if you're listening, you know what I decided to do. And and if I did uh, call it a gorilla episode and I you're think, listening, thank you so much. I think we should, just to see who the real fans are. Man. But but this is just a really good episode. I, I, like I don't want this episode com- to suffer, though, because of it. That's the only but problem. When you, see, when you see a title called The Real WWF, a serious discussion about gorillas... And it's an hour and a half long. <laughs> Only the realists are going to click on that. Maybe if you call it, if you if you go a little overboard with the name, if you're like a very serious discussion about actual gorillas, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I know, but but this episode is going to be so much fun. Okay, if I, that's the only thing. So I gotta, I don't know. If you're again, if you're listening, you already know what I decided. And and props to you for sure. If it if this was titled a gorilla something and you clicked on it, thank you. Anyway, welcome to the real Behind the Gorilla, where we care nothing about gorillas except uh, for the gorilla position and gorilla monsoon. 
Those are those are the two gorillas that we actually care about. And um well and Gorilla Grodd, I guess. But that's probably it. Yeah, that's about all I got. Yeah. Oh, the um the the WWF logo, that's a panda hitting another panda with a chair. Which I have that on a shirt. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty good thing. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with gorillas because it's pandas no, hairs. It but anyway, so WrestleMania is coming up next week, and that's going to be fun. I'm still not quite sure what we're going to do with it. Um, we're going to do something. We'll fi- we'll figure something out, but I'm not sure exactly how we're going to talk about it next week. Which is, I think, the difficulty for us. And if y'all have any suggestions on what you want us to talk about, let us know. But the the difficulty is. Everyone and their brother who does anything remotely wrestling related is posting and sharing predictions for wrestling, right. which is fun. But as someone who consumes that kind of content all the time, like we understand there's only so many times you can hear people say, well, I think Becky's going to win. Right. You know, so we, we want to be able to give you all something a little bit different in your WrestleMania weekend that, you know, can be almost as saturated as the card when it comes to wrestling content to consume and predictions and reactions and all that kind of stuff. So we're definitely going to do something. It's wrestling Christmas. It's a really special, like legitimately really special time of year. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. But we, I, we haven't quite decided what that's going to look like. Yeah. Yet. I don't know. So if, I don't know. Tuned. I don't know if I want to, we can maybe do something where we talk about our own WrestleMania memories. Um, and then may, and maybe if we did it like, if we recorded an extra episode or whatever, maybe on Monday, I don't know, doing a talking about it. I'm not really sure how, how this all will work. Cause I know you're really busy with all your, your crap going on. So <laughs> we'll have to figure something out. <clears throat> It might just be us talking about WrestleMania in general and not even necessarily as much about this specific WrestleMania. So, yeah, we'll we'll figure something out. We'll have a, some sort of special episode next week. We do promise that. Even if it sucks, it'll be special. As in, we don't do... It'll be different. Maybe that's a better way to put it. We'll have a different <laughs> episode next week. <laughs> Look, it may or may not be good, but it will be a different thing. Well, that's the way every week it is. It may, or, may right. or may not be good, but it will be something unique. That's for sure. Right. Well, okay, just going right into it, what happened this week? Mark, I, I feel like I don't really care, Harris, to be is, honest. No, hang on. I just wanna I just wanna I just wanna put it out there because I feel like it's not quite our fault, but we did set ourselves up for this. Because we've spent the last few weeks just saying, Yeah, you know, this woman's main event is um it's really kind of overbooked. Yep. And that's a shame because they're really talented performers. But, you know, like once we get to the match itself, it'll be good. Right. And then I think I think it was mostly me that said this. I was like, hey, look on the bright side. They have the match booked. So there's nothing else they could do to overbook it. Right. That surely we'll just continue as is until we get to the match. Right. And then, no. <laughs> right. No, no. Okay, now let me let me. And it was even worse for me because let me put it this way: <laughs> I saw because again I don't watch them live. I watch them the next morning, uh, Raw and SmackDown, so I can skip through. Um, so I saw this on Tuesday night when it happened, and I was like, my initial thought was, now I realize I'm I'm wrong, but my initial thought was, oh, thank goodness. They took Charlotte out of this this match, gave her the title, and that'll be its own thing. And I was so excited about it. Then I, then I watched it all happen. I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't seem like what they're doing. Wait a minute. No, this is way worse. 
So I like double, I like double bluffed my own self into getting more excited than I meant yeah. to be and thinking they were finally listening to people and giving Charlotte her yeah. own thing, which is what should have happened in the first place. And now yeah, I realize it's just even dumber. And so now I, but, but it hasn't changed my level of caring, to be honest. I already didn't really care much. And I'm just like, just get to the in-ring performance. Cause at this point I hate everything else. So it I didn't really laughed. it didn't really change much for me to be perfectly honest. I think I really just I was mad and then I could just had to laugh because I just I set my own self up for this. This is my own fault that I expected anything different. Cuz you know I'm normally the one who's like, "Yeah, but maybe they'll do something not bad with this." <laughs> right. And most of the time they do. And the only thing like even I could think of, I was just thinking the only way this makes any sense is if you're booking for 20 years from now when someone like me who hasn't watched wrestling their whole life tunes in and says, oh, well, let's see what's happening at you know this old WrestleMania I've heard about, WrestleMania 35. Oh, there's two titles? Well, that's interesting. Like, that's the only level at which this makes any sense is, like, the most passingly casual fan, which yeah. I... Watch WWE... Wa- well, watch WWE... Watch them just leave it where, oh yeah, this is just for the Raw title. It's not for the SmackDown title, but Charlotte has that title too. So, well, they, and, and then then, the, then just not address it from there. The that. rumor is that they're going to do that. Have you heard this or read this? I they don't. Say that, like, I don't read anything right now. Okay, well, I'm gonna. This won't be a spoiler because I'm just gonna trust that they're smart enough to not do this. But the rumor is that they like they're gonna make it a whoever gets pinned loses their title match but not necessarily like a winner-take-all unification match. And this is this might just be people speculating. Wow, that's I as dumb know. as a four-team tag match where only two guys are in the ring. Yeah, yeah, it's about that level. But because they want, because it's the first-ever women's main event, <clears throat> Becky pins Ronda, wins the Raw women's titles, and then they can close the show <clears throat> with each of the four horsewomen holding up a belt. Oh, because gosh. Becky and Charlotte are friends right, now, right, right, right. and that's a really powerful moment with a capital P and a Wait, capital Wait, but they're L. not, though. What are no, you talking about? That's why it's a terrible idea. Man. Wait a minute. You, you totally confused me. I was like, oh, yeah, because they're fr- – Wait, what? When did this no, happen, Harris? No, it's a terrible <laughs> idea. It should be the winner take all, and the show closes with Becky holding both belts because she's the man. Right. Like, this is not – Oh, they're going to screw it up and it's going to be dumb. Like, it'll still be fine because we like Becky and I love Bailey and like all that, but it'll be weird and not as good as it could be if they do that. Oh, uh, anyway, no. So that's a terrible. Let idea. me tell this you one the- thing that is not the way to build a bigger fan base. Because let me tell you, there's still not on Twitter, because uh, not on Twitter. I'm not talking about that my, w- minority, which it is a minority, which mm-hmm. I think we don't understand quite enough because we're part of it. But it is yeah. a minority. Um, there's a lot of people that still don't care about the women as far as like wrestling fans go. Yeah. And my dad's one of them. He doesn't really care. He's just like, I, he just doesn't care. It was never part of the wrestling that he grew up watching and he just doesn't yeah. really get it. I mean, he's not like offended by or mad about it. He just doesn't, he just doesn't care. And then he sees in the main event and in his mind, it's just them force feeding this whole stuff. And right. so it's like. You're not going to do any favors to the old school wrestling group doing it that way. 
Like, right. you're not going to win anybody. You're not going to win new fans. Let me put it that way. You're not going to win new fans from that. Because women's wrestling, say what you want about how good it is, it's still getting there. Like, even though it's really big and been really good, it's still getting there. It's only been, what, four or five years that it's been relevant, really, at all? So, I mean... In, in WWE. Right, we well, yeah. There's, I don't, there's I don't been some other ones. Else, but, like, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, and I mean, that's that's not, that's most of the wrestling audience, just yeah, worldwide. No, so, so anyway, think... so, that, so that confuses me even more. But at this point, I just don't care. I, I don't care about any of it. I hate all of the buildup, and I just, I just, I'm waiting for them to be in the ring, and I hope it's good. That's that's all I care I think about now. It's a very niche, like it's a really smart mark, like wrestling Twitter thing. That's where Becky's at her hottest. True. But it's not, it's not really her fault. But that's where no. the bulk of, I guess, her charisma yeah. has been shown recently is on Twitter. Right. So if you're on Twitter and you're following her, calling out Ronda Rousey. And there's a part of your mind that's like, I know this is all a work, but like if Ronda Rousey wanted to just beat her up, she could. Right. That's something I want to keep my like. There's that shadow of doubt, even though, you know, it's not real. Just a little bit of of you believes it might be. And that's kind of what keeps you interested. A lot of that isn't really present in the TV tapings. It's just this weird overwrought. Oh, now Charlotte has a belt and Becky's going to. Becky, you have to apologize, and you apologized, and you're out anyway. Like, it's a different angle every right. week. Oh, yeah. There's we still a way. Like, so I, it's nothing to do, I think, with women's wrestling in general so much as they haven't had a consistent story to tell this entire time, and they still haven't. Well, they have. They, they just they haven't decided left. to use it. No, that's what I mean. Like, they haven't committed to one on Oh, yeah, television. yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. There's a yeah, story right. there. But, you know, like, if there's a moment, like, for example, this can still go really well. Like, if they make it, yeah. uh, whoever gets pinned loses their title stipulation, which I still think is kind of dumb. It is dumb. But if it's they all do that, dumb. Right. If they do that so there's, like, a moment where Charlotte is just dead, like, knocked unconscious in the middle of the ring, and Becky can pin her and then doesn't and just kind of kicks her out of the ring and looks at Ron and is like, no, no, I want you. And they have their own, like, seven-minute match, and it ends with her beating Ronda, like, one-on-one. That would be really cool and really sure. fun and like a great character-driven finale. Sure. But they're not going to do that. No, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. So I've done it again. I've because then we all excited. sit there Because then we all sit there and go, well, why was Charlotte in this match? So there's no way they can win here. There, there's no I mean, win scenario as far as that, that type no, of thing No, the only goes. way it works is if you, had, like, if you were to commit to having <clears throat> Becky overcome Charlotte and then overcome Ronda like right. separately. And not at, all at once, but you know. If right. that's the closing sequence where she like stops and turns to Rhonda and like there's like a stare down and a it's you and me moment like that'd be great. Oh, they'll like, have they'll that, have like, that moment for sure. It just yeah. it won't be nearly that good, but th- yeah. th- there will be that moment. You can guarantee it. So yeah. they're they're so, they're good at shoehorning moments of staring back and forth at each other into matches. Mm-hmm. They're very good at it. So this is this is the only other thing I want to say, and we'll probably spend all our current events time talking about this angle. But the funny thing to me about this is the rumor is that Vince McMahon kind of had a crisis on Tuesday afternoon, and he he said exactly what he should have said, which is, oh man, WrestleMania is in two weeks, and nobody cares about the SmackDown women's division, or their champion, or their title. Not that people don't care about Asuka, but there's no build or hype for for her title match at WrestleMania. 
and nobody is really going to be that interested in it when it happens because whoever we put her up against, like Mandy Rose or Sonya Deville maybe or whoever, everyone kind of knows that Asuka is going to win. So he said, well, we have to do something to make this championship matter again. And he took the exact opposite approach. He made the championship matter so much less than it already did, and it already didn't matter. He's like, all right, nobody cares about Asuka's match at WrestleMania, so she's just not going to have one. Right, right. Not going to have one like, oh, she beat everyone who was coming for her, and there's nobody. Like, no, we're just going to take it off of her real quick and give it to someone who's already in another match. For another title. It's very funny that he realized that he had a problem and then was just like, yeah, screw it. Just lump it in. I'm really excited to see Becky Lynch win the Intercontinental title this week. <laughs> continue the chaos. Yeah, why not? Ronda why Rousey not? beats Brock Lesnar and there's four belts in a match between three women. Why not? At this why point, not? who cares? Obviously. Who cares? Just double down. Anyway, you know, we'll, I just, anyway. you know, I hope the in-ring stuff is good and I don't know. So, you know. That's that. That's really it. I mean, they shoehorned. You know, they 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 finally decided to really clunkily do the Kofi thing. Boy, you talk about a worse. There cannot have been a worse way in making that match official than the way they did it. They basically made it to where nothing has mattered for weeks, and then <laughs> and then then they do another thing. Oh well, you have to. And then they make the other people have to wrestle for the guy, which makes Kofi look worse, and now, and then that didn't even matter, and then ultimately it was still McMahon just going, eh, okay, that'll be a match. And so it was just well, like, what wow, this is like the worst way, <laughs> the most anticlimactic anything. Just take all this, all the wind out of the sails. It's like they tr- were trying their hardest to take the wind out of the sails. It, it seems like they were trying to. That's what happens when you pump fake four different times before you actually throw it, though. Like, this is... But they still didn't throw it. They, like, pitched well, what? it. It wasn't even like a throw. It was like... It, it wasn't even like a... They just handed just, it to you. At the very yeah. End. Yeah. Like, the thing that made the Daniel Bryan run work so well is, one, I think this is legitimately true. Like, Vince McMahon wasn't as invested in it, mm-hmm. and he wasn't the guy making the decision every right. week. So it's a lot easier to believe, hey, nothing like this has ever happened before. Triple H loves to bury people he shouldn't bury. The fact that Triple H was like the on-screen authority figure that Daniel Bryan had to run through, and the fact that he didn't have to keep doing it week after week trying to earn his shot, like he just, he got it. He did the Occupy Raw thing. He had all these people, you know, basically just have a sit-in of the show. And then he got a qualifying match at WrestleMania. And Triple H said, you're on. And that was it. Like, he didn't strip him of it every week. I almost wish they had done the same thing. That device of a qualifying match, they don't have room on the card. No. But if they had just stuck with that, like, at fast lane, then it would have been fine. But the fact that every week he went out and had to earn a shot, and every week he got screwed, meant they just ran out of ways to do it. Yep. It'll still, it's kind of the same thing as the women's match. If it's a good match and a great moment, then in 20 years, nobody will care. Sure. And frankly, the day after, nobody will care because that's kind of how wrestling works in the animal brain. Like if it's a good show and it's a cool moment, then you're like, okay, fine. This is good. Yeah, that's fine. But you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense. They kind of lost the plot. And I think it's because Vince was like, all right, we're going to do the Daniel Bryan thing. Let's go. Let's do it. And I'll be out like he got involved. Oh, yeah. And overcooked it, like yep. which 
you risk happening, but I think that's kind of funny more than anything. Yep. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see how WrestleMania works. But enough of that. Well, now we got to get into the actual episode because we're a long way in already. And it is uh, time to get started. So what we are going to do this week is we are finishing out the WCW Trilogy of Terror matches. This is the third and final one of WCW's quote-unquote mini-movie series um, Mm. in the early 90s, 92 and 93. Now, just a quick uh, refresher here, not that it really matters, but... The first one was, of course, Sting and Jake the Snake Roberts with the spin the wheel, make deal match, which, to be honest, was the best one until they didn't gimmick the wheel and it landed on a coal coal miner's glove match, and that happened. (laughs) Until then, it really wasn't terrible. I mean, we've talked about that. Like, even the the goofy mini-movie Mad Max Thunderdome segment, it was, you know, it was cheesy and whatever, but Jake is just so good that it wasn't awful. It wasn't, like, the worst if that makes sense. Just because right. just Jake is so worse. good. Then we had the next one, which had Sting now face off against Big Van Vader, who was the WCW champion, but no, we don't care about the title. So this has happened in other times in history. That's what we're, we're coming to find out. It's not just Brock Lesnar and now. This is what was happening with Big Van Vader during a, his year title reign. Um... And we saw the White Castle of Fear match. <laughs> Which I can't believe is not a product. Which totally should have been sponsored by... I, I mean, they missed was. out on money there, but, you know, the match itself was amazing. That that strap match, which yeah. I'm sure you didn't go back and watch, Harris, because you never watch things I tell you to, but it was a great match. Um, You didn't watch it, did you? No, I okay, didn't watch good. it. I was just clip, making like- sure. Uh, I watched the actual video where they're playing like tug of war over the table. I watched that. I didn't oh watch yeah, the match. that well, that was the best part. That was why we did the. That was why I did the episode. Yeah. <laughs> that image right there, it, like that. That's what sticks out to me as we conclude this series. It's just the images. It's just Sting on a pole that's like way too tall. Like it looks wrong. <laughs> right. And it's just Sting being dragged across a table, holding onto a rope, like he's like a kindergartner into the burning in tug flames, of war, and he's losing. Yep. Yeah, the White Castle of Fear was very interesting. We had a nice little feast at a nice, uh, I don't know, ice castle set. It was, like set. It was weird. It was, like, it you know weird. at the end of, have you ever seen the movie Kingsman? Yes, of course. It's like the end of the movie Kingsman where they go out to, like, the secret lair. Yeah, kind of. But, but that's way what it worse. reminds me of a little bit. But but looking way worse. Um, well, but yeah. so that's what we had, you know, and then we had the, the, the strap match. Well... Let's just say the rivalry between Sting and Vader is not done. But we're going to add a few more participants into it this time. So this is the next pay-per-view. And it's going to be in July. And it's going to be Beach Blast. Which has kind of taken the spot of the Great American Bash. I think the Great American Bash is still going on. Or maybe it wasn't even going on during these couple of years. I think it was replaced. I think it was replaced by Beach Blast. Okay, I have a question, and you might not know the answer. Beach Blast, Great American Bash, Bash at the Beach. Is there some sort of like linear evolution there? Is that sort of the same pay-per-view, or do they uh, just No, no. Great American Bash and Bash at the Beach kind of became their own different staples, but okay. Great American Bash was first, because that was the second pay-per-view after Starcade. Okay. And then, but I'm pretty sure for these couple of years, in like 92, 93... 94, 
I think it was three years Beach Blast went on, and it took the place, like that summer slot, for okay. uh, Great American Bash. And so, we're, we're heading into July. Uh, actually, we're going to start in June, because this, this was back when they actually built mat things for like a couple of months. Um, so, we... Hey, can I interrupt you really quick? Sure. That's the number one complaint we've had about this WrestleMania is that they've had too long to build to it. I'm sorry. Continue. That's not been my complaint. That's been your complaint. Okay. Okay. My complaint is they've had all this time and haven't built anything or have built the wrong things, but that's neither here nor there. Back to the topic at hand. So, um, well, Vader and you got to remember, you remember Harley Race was managing Big Van Vader. Well, they have found a couple of partners. In one, Sid Vicious and his manager, Colonel Robert Parker. Excellent. I'm in. Now, you already know this is this is going to be something good. <laughs> Anything with Sid, I'm in. <laughs> All right. So, and they are going to be known as the Masters of the Powerbomb, which is fair because they both use a powerbomb. That is a fantastic Power Rangers villain right there. <laughs> it is. It is. But this is even better. Sting... Now, because look, Vader has gotten a partner, so Sting had to find someone. So he has joined forces with Davy Boy Smith, the British okay. Bulldog. And they have a nice team name as well, and they're called the Superpowers. Now, get it? Because it, no, 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 it doesn't have anything to do with the mega powers of Hulk and Savage. That was nowhere on anyone's radar. It's because Sting is American and Davy Boy Smith is British. So they're the superpowers together. They couldn't. They couldn't just call them the allies. That wasn't uh, it was enough. probably taken. I guess I don't know. It's trademarked. Probably. So anyway, that is that's the team, and that that's kind of the the collision course or these two tag teams for Beach Blast. Now in June during an episode of WCW Saturday Night, um, well they show a video of a press conference. And I guess this is like where Vader and Vader, Sid, Par- uh, Colonel Parker, and um, Harley Race. It's not quite explained why this is going on. Um, it's this big rally, like for themselves, and they're also like inviting Sting and Davy Boy in to like surrender or something. For like, like another tug of war. Not exactly. Well, I wish, but it, they're 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 basically offering them. A chance to leave and not wrestle them but it's okay. a weird press conference because it, it's almost this is like kind of one of those mini movies and it's staged kind of like that there's a, a bunch of extras and they're all here and they're they're all vader and sid fans i guess so they just i guess found the dregs of society and got them into this press conference they all have signs and they're chanting and it's very creepy and there's you know, also, this is the best part, there's a nice jazz band there that plays them in as well, which what? totally clashes with the whole everything. And so I have a cl- I have I have some of this here. So I'm gonna play just a little bit of this so just so you can hear what this sounds like. I mean, imagine the most animated men like that you'd see in a, a movie about a biker bar. And they're chanting Vader and Sid rules. And there's a nice jazz band playing. It, it clashes. It does. I can hear it. That's, that's definitely something. I don't, I don't get it. 
but the other good thing are just looking at these people or not not the people looking at like these this team because because they're they're coming out and you got you know you got Harley Race and you got Vader and they're both kind of dressed kind of not necessarily fully like suited up, but kind of in sport jackets, you know, like you kind of see at a press conference. You have yeah. Colonel Robert Parker dressed in his traditional colonial whites and with the hat and everything. And then you have Sid, who's just shirtless, walking into the whole yes. thing. Yes. <laughs> just doesn't care whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> and it's I a love great him so much. It's a great visual. He's insane. Like yeah. he's absolutely insane. No, he is, he is. So, um, you know, they take the stage and, you know, who's proceeding over the over the press conference? You get one guess, Harris. Rick Blair. No. Uh, you got to think think continuity here. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know. Tell me. <laughs> oh, come on, Harris. He's been in all of these so far. We got Cheatham there. Yeah. <laughs> The little person with an eye patch. The little person with an eye patch. Cheatham is there, and he's he's settling down the crowd. And now, though, he's got a nice southern accent because he's with Colonel Colonel Parker. Um, He settles everyone down and introduces uh, Parker. The colonel comes, takes sand. He introduces Harley Race, and then the WCW champ comes up, and um, then he's followed by Sid. And they're here to announce that they're this. This is their big announcement that they're joining forces to form, you know, the most dominating tag team and to rule the world. They're going to be known as the Masters of the Power Bomb. Uh, I thought you were going to say the Axis Power Bomb, but okay. No, fine. no, no, the That's Masters right. of the Power Bomb, and <sighs> and you know, they they they, they clasp hands, you know, in a very uh, predator way, <laughs> and. Um, and then the band begins to play and the crowd's chanting power bomb and, you know, to the nice music. It just it doesn't make any sense. I don't know whose idea was to have a nice brass band here playing, but it's odd. Um, Parker then says their goal is to dominate the world of wrestling and eliminate the do-gooders of WCW. He then pulls out a list of people that they will eliminate from wrestling. Basically a hit list. And Harley Race... chimes in and adds that they will cut their throats. So confirming the killing aspect. Whoa. (laughs) Parker must realize this because he then tells race to calm down because they're (laughs) civilized men. (laughs) (laughs) And he says the first to go are going to, are going to of course be sting and Davey boy Smith. Um, so they're going to take them on a beach blast. However, though, they will give them a chance to leave, no questions asked, and, and retire, basically, to, to wherever they want. Colonel Parker will provide them the means to retire to wherever they want and not wrestle them. However, um, then they find out that they aren't coming. So apparently they were supposed to be, Sting and Davey were, were supposed to be at this press conference. Mm-hmm. We didn't know about that till now when the guy comes in saying they're not coming. And they get really mad. And so now the heels are mad. Um, oh, they're just mad because they didn't come to their party. Yeah. So, well, <laughs> that's what that's honestly what it seems like mo- the motivation is. They abandoned everything, man. Come they on. did. That um, very funny. So the next week after this press conference on the next week of Saturday night, 
I don't even know. It's just like a promo. You got Tony Schiavone there, and he's talking with Colonel Parker and Harley Race, and they're kind of hyping the match, and Colonel Parker's talking how they're going to give him one more chance, and they're just all kind of mad. And then there's no way to describe this. Just Vader grabs the mic, and and Sid grabs the mic, and I just I got it. I'm just going to play this. I can't really describe it. This is them talking about this. Oh yeah, you looking? At the two biggest, most powerful men in wrestling today. You're looking at the masters of the Powerball, brother. Stevie Boy, Stinger. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Go to the WCW committee and ask them to call it off. Because we're not coming to win. We're not coming to look good. We're coming to cause pain. We're coming to hurt you. Tell them, brother. Tell them. Can you smell it? This is before the rock. As bad as I know it, it's the power bomb, boys. Now you go past the point of no return. Now you face us, the guys that feel no compassion for anyone. For you guys, it's one thing. It's over! Now, if you didn't understand most of that, that's fine. I didn't. It's it's, yeah, it it's it's Vader and Sid basically just kind of yelling at us, but I really enjoy listening to it. Um, what did, what and, were we smelling? I couldn't understand we, anything after that. I Vader don't I don't sense. I don't know. Destru- okay. um, destruction maybe. I'm not quite okay. sure. But the big the big thing is the crowd is eating this up still at this point. Like yeah. the crowd are into this. I mean they they yeah. really hate these guys. I'm into it. Again, that was kind of a waste of time. I just wanted to play that clip because I love hearing them talk. Um, no, that was excellent. Sid saying, can you smell it? <laughs> is, is lovely. It's pretty good. Um, so we're going to move on, and we're going to talk about the main promo for this pay-per-view. That, that, that's why we're here. Because, of course, this is the third of these mini-movies. So we actually have to talk about it, right? Oh, boy. Um, th- this is probably the best one out of the three that we've done. And by the best, I mean the most nonsensical and just great. So, um, as I said, you know, Colonel Robert Parker and Harley Race are not happy that they got stood up by stinging Davy Boy Smith. So, they are going to go out and find them. And they're going to give them one more chance to retire. <coughs> Ow. Got some stuck in my throat. That'll come out. <laughs> Okay, so we cut to the ocean, and it start. the screen comes up, and it says somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico. So that's where we are, somewhere in the Gulf of Mexico. And uh, we see Parker, Race, Sid, and Vader on a freaking World War II landing craft going through the, wa- going through the ocean. Awesome. And Parker lets us know that he found from the newspapers... That Sting and Davy Boy Smith are out on an island somewhere playing with a bunch of kids. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Why? Well, because because they're good guys and they're yeah. out with the with you know, with kids. You know, because they're That's what they're the good that's guys. That's what I'd do if I were a father is just send my child to a desert island to play with right. a half naked man. But okay, yeah, no. It's, wow, Harris, you just made that so much out. worse than it was. But I'm just that's telling fine. You, we'll that's, ignore I've been that. Why- We'll ignore that. Okay. And, and you know, but Parker and, and everyone else, they're, they're furious. And they cannot believe 
that they would do such a thing. I mean, how dare them, you know, go out with underprivileged kids and, and, and you know, try and, make, you know, have, have a good time. I just, how dare them? And um, they, you know, they, they can't believe it. And they're also still mad as well about the press conference. So their feelings right, were really the, hurt about this. I think they're just really jealous that they I, have time to spend with the kids, but not time to spend with that seems, them at their party. That seems what it is. And while this conversation is going on uh, between Race and Colonel Parker, Vader and Sid are just kind of staring off and grunting and laughing uh, maniacally. It's it's very weird. Um, you'll you'll come to find that's a common thread with this whole thing. And Vader and Sid, a lot of grunting, um, a lot of a lot of laughing. Uh, Parker then says, according to the map, the island should be here somewhere. And what? What map? What is this place like a secret place that they needed to find some secret map? Why is this party with kids such a secret? I I don't understand, Harris. I don't understand. I don't don't either. But they got the map, so clearly it wasn't that much of a secret. Well, I mean, well, you know, Colonel Parker has connections, so. I guess. I mean, he can maybe do it, but I want to know. I just want to know what Sting and Davy Boy Smith are up to and why this was such a secret. But anyway, fortunately. Race has eagle eyes and he spots the island way off in the distance. So, you know, they were they were going in the right direction, I guess. We uh, cut to the island and there is a nice, fun Top Gun beach volleyball match going on with uh, Davy Boy Smith staying and a bunch of kids. And we have no idea who these kids are. We have no idea why they're here. We have no idea where they come from um, and their ages completely vary. Like there's like six year old kids and like seventeen year old kids. Like it is, it's it's weird. It's like a who's who of an ABC Saturday morning special, like something like that. Like it's yeah, just that sounds- they got every demographic, every age, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> ages that would ha- not be probably in the same place. And it's just, it's it, that's fine. Um, you wanted <laughs> you wanted to add something, I, Harris? Well, I was just gonna say one. I know you probably mean I'm picturing sort of a United Way commercial where, you know, like they're just kind of showing the kids about teamwork and hard work. But it's more fun to imagine Sting and Davy Boy Smith just absolutely plastering them like they're (laughs) the two on one side and they're just killing them sort of like that United Way commercial they did on Saturday Night Live with Peyton Manning. Right, right. Just (laughs) drilling the kids with passes and like calling complex audibles that they don't understand. Right. That would have been great. I'm picturing sort of the uh, – this is the second time in the episode. I'm thinking of the Power Rangers where, you know, like they'll be helping out at like a boys and girls club. Or yeah, something. that's we pretty gotta, much what it is. got to save the foundation and it's it's kids from the ages of 6 to 17 and they're all there and they're all just hanging out. I don't that's know. That's pretty much what it is. That um, is what I'm picturing. It sounds like a good time. It's a little weird that they needed to go out in the middle of nowhere to make this happen. Yeah. But I think they just – they knew that the bad guys, the Axis, were going to be kind of mad that they didn't go to their party, and they're just trying to not hurt their feelings, you know? They're trying Maybe. to keep it on the down low for that reason. Maybe. Um, anyway, Sting looks right at home. I mean, he's got his bleached short hair, a dark, yeah. dark tan, neon short shorts, uh, and Davy Boy Smith has, like, blue bike shorts on it looks very weird i guess i don't know if uh, if they dress differently in britain i don't know but it's it's a very odd look and uh but we go back to the landing craft 
And Ray says if they don't accept their offer to retire this time, they're going to be in for a big surprise. And he asks Parker if his man is ready. And he says that he is ready and that he trusts him. And he also says that if they don't see the light, then they'll be in for a beach blast like they've never seen before. Hint, hint. Are they gonna? So just are they gonna did, 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 Harris. I don't want Harris. Don't don't say anything. I don't want you to okay. speculate or anything. You'll you'll figure okay. it out soon enough. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. And also, while he's saying this, the driver of the boat, who has nothing to do with any of this, he's just like in the background. He's got no shirt on, a horrible farmer stand, a bandana on his head, and he's holding up a wrench while driving and trying to look mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's the like weirdest it's looking just... thing. He's just like in the background. And you know someone yelled like, look evil. And he picks yeah. up a wrench and is just like holding it while driving the boat. It was like he would, like they found a guy who could drive a boat right. for them. But it doesn't but even he... look like it's a guy who drives a boat because what boat driver has a farmer's tan? Well, I don't know, maybe if he drives it wearing a shirt, but like he doesn't he doesn't look the part, but they're no. like, look, he's a friend of a friend, he's doing it on the cheap, and we just gotta make it work. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> it's great. That's Cause, awesome. Because he's never talked to, he's never yeah. mentioned, like he's not acknowledged. And it's just right. oh it's great. It is it's great. It's one of those things where it's like they meant for him to be kind of like not distract from the scene. But right. the second you spot him, that's all he does. It is it might be my favorite part of the whole thing. Just that one scene where he's just in the background holding up a wrench. It's great. Awesome. Anyway, so we're going to cut to a shark fin swimming in the water. Okay. But who pops up but Cheatham? He's the guy who Colonel Parker had sent out. Of course. Is he wearing the shark fin Yes, he has a shark fin on his back. Yes! <laughs> and he has a snorkel <laughs> and goggles on. I didn't think they'd actually do that. <laughs> they did. Fantastic. <laughs> He's also, like, holding a small, round, like, water cooler. Like, you know, uh, you didn't play football, did you, Harris? No, but okay. I know, like, you know, like, like, a Gatorade cooler, like a little dispenser sort and, of thing? But it's, like, a personal one. Like, I know when I played football, I used to bring it to practice, and it's, like, a round cooler. It's not, like, a big one, but it's it's... You know, it's probably 64 or more ounces. So, like, it would last me all practice and you could put ice in it and stuff. Okay. He's holding, like, one of those while he's swimming. Um, Why? He swims up to two little girls, which is very creepy. And and they very sweetly are, like, asking him what his name is. You know, like how kids, when they see someone, like, oh, what's your name? <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to say it. Here, I'm just going to play it because this, this is great. All right. They're playing the Jaws music too while he's swimming. So here we go. Hey, what's your name? My name is Jaws. Now you girls get on out of here. (laughs) (laughs) He yells, my name is Jaws. And you girls now get out of here. My name is Jaws. Oh, that's my favorite scene in Jaws when the shark's like, my name is Jaws! Reveal. <laughs> right. Oh, oh man. That's Jaws. It is great. It is great. He then walks over. All of a sudden, then the scene cuts and like he kind of walks away and then it cuts immediately. And now there's a boat there 
which I, we didn't see it before, but now there's a boat there. And he unscrews the cooler, and guess what's in inside, Harris? Bombs. There's a bomb inside. Yes! I'm killing it today. And it's also ticking. It's got a timer on it, and he puts it oh, in I'm the boat. It would be like an old, old-timey pirate bomb, like oh, a fuse on it. That would have been great. But uh, he puts it in the boat and then swims away. So we go back to the beach party. And the volleyball game is continuing. But then, here comes the landing craft. And it lands, the door flies open. You know, it's like a scene from Saving Private Ryan, except without the guns or the good movie. And, um, <laughs> and out come the masters of the power bomb. Now, my, my, my favorite part might be the guy with the wrench. This might be my other favorite part, because we see both of these guys, their full bodies for the first time. And they're both wearing their wrestling gear. Okay, I mean, fair enough. You know, they want to be recognizable. Sense. You know, Vader's got the mask on. He's got the tights. And, and you know, Sid Vicious has the, the trunks and the knee pads. And, you know. But we also see their feet. <laughs> and, Harris, you get one guess as to what each of these people are wearing on their feet. I really hope they're flippers, like snorkel flippers. Uh, alas, that is not the case. That would be great, though. <sighs> No, um, Vader is wearing white Jordans, and Sid is wearing flip-flops. <laughs> so you couldn't even, like, they're not even uniform in what they're doing. No! Because at first, at first, I was about to be like, oh, so they're like Shane McManning it, where they're like too old to be wearing nice sneakers, but right. they clearly are. But no, it's even better than that. They're just wearing like whatever they would normally wear underneath their wrestling right. gear. Right. Which is just one more reason to love that lunatic Sid. Oh, uh, but, 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 but think about like, oh, it. Man, I'm good. No, but think about it. Sid's the only logical one here. What would you wear <laughs> to the beach? You would wear flip flops. What is Vader doing wearing <laughs> wearing Jordans? Like we're in an amphibious landing vehicle. Right. He's like, Yeah, man, we're going to the beach. Yeah, so Vader, uh, I understand Sid. I don't understand Vader at all. <laughs> this is not the place to wear Jordans, of all things, but that's what they're wearing, and it looks, it's great. That's amazing. So, um, Sting, you know, Sting and Davy Boy see them land and everything, and they're kind of like, oh, no. And Sting tells the kids to stay there, and he and Davy Boy will go and see what they want. And then, I swear to you, Harris, it's like a minute and a half straight of walking. Like, it's just showing both parties walking. It's like showing the one side walking and then cutting yeah. to the others and they're walking. And and it just keeps cutting back and forth. It's and like... just getting closer and closer but, and closer. But you can't tell. There's no depth or or, <laughs> or, or setting anywhere. So, so imagine the scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail where Sir Lancelot <laughs> is running at the castle and it keeps cutting. Yeah. That's almost what it looks like. Amazing. Because there's no field. Like, you don't... There's no establishing anything. I don't know how far away these people are from each other. And so, so it just, And it just keeps going back and forth and you're just... And the camera's, like, walking with them. So, so they're not getting closer <laughs> to anything. So... It's it's and it just goes on and on and on. That's a really funny like basic failure of 
movie making, which yes. I don't know like a ton about, but I know what they're trying to do. Right. You know, it's like a, a suspense scene or like something from a Western or, or like a, a war movie where two armies are about to clash. Yep. And you can tell they're getting closer and closer and building suspense, you know, and tension. But you have to do that in a way that you can tell that they're getting closer. Right. It, it does not make any sense. That's amazing. And the Monty Python comparison is really good because I love that scene because it doesn't work and it like messes with your brain a little bit and you feel like something should be happening, but it's not. It's just a great little trick, but they're trying to make it good. Like it's not meant to be a gag like it is in Monty Python. Right. They're trying to make it this big standoff. That's that's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it is great. And also, during this, Sid is, like, cutting some sort of promo, talking about skulls and bones or something. Of course he is. Of um, course While they're still walking, and I don't know what's going on. I mean, the editing is just horrible. I mean, that's... I mean, and that, and, and even for this, th- this editing is bad. And that that's that's comparing it to the rest of this. Yeah. Um. Th- yeah, but it's true. It's just there's no feel of space or direction. I mean, that's, like, a basic thing in movie making, as you were talking about. And there's just none of that. They finally meet, and Harley then barges in and says he can't believe they didn't accept their proposal. See, they're still mad about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Parker then offers them two tickets to, quote, the retirement haven of your choice or suffer the consequences. And there's also, like, a guitar that strums after each line like we're in a bad yes. western, as you were yes. talking about it. And now I'm going to play the rest of this. I'm going to play some of this here because it's it's very bizarre and the acting is – I mean we've talked about Sting's acting. It's it's exquisite. It's 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 pretty solid. So uh, let, 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 let's play a little of this here. Sting, David boy, accept these two tickets here to the retirement haven of your choice. I'll suffer the consequences. Oh, I don't know, Davey. I'm kind of thinking maybe we should just forget about this whole thing. I mean – we what? got the tickets. What are you talking about? This is coming from Sting. Well, I'm just saying, look, look at the size of these guys. We got two tickets on our hands. We can fly out of here. Forget I don't the want whole... no offer from them. Well, Davey, look at one more time. 450 pounds, Van Vader, six feet seven and 300 some odd pounds, Sid Vicious, masters of the power bomb. I mean, maybe we should just take these tickets and just retire. Okay, and they also showed all the kids looking sad. Nah, I don't think so. We'll see you at Beach Blast. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Sting, you really had me. I know that was the best part. That's the problem. That you guys got to watch it. It's on the WWE Network, and it's it's under. If you just search Beach Blast, it's on like the second page. It took me forever to find the footage. Of this, because I they don't have a full one anywhere, not on YouTube, Daily Motion, or anywhere. I could not find it, and finally I found it in like the burrows of the WWE Network. Um, but it is so worth watching because it's Sting, basically, as you heard, like contemplating this. This is Hero Sting, and 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 then it just shows all the kids just looking. It does like this pan shot of all their faces, and they're just looking sad. Now I want to I want to talk about this. So the kids are standing there. They clearly didn't listen to Sting and followed them anyway. And also, <laughs> this is this was a long way. We talked about how far these guys had to walk. And and it, you know, it's, and you could hear the music. It's this big dramatic moment 
where we we think they might actually accept the offer. And they, you know, but then, then, they, then they go, nah, I don't think so. We'll see you at Beach Blast all in unison, which is, sounds kind of weird. And then the kids jumping up and cheering just Yay. caps it off as just great. Well, I think we answered one of our problems with this, which is that in kayfabe, they had to stick to really tight shots. Because if they had zoomed out, you would have just seen all the kids following them, which they clearly <laughs> did. Like they were just walking right behind them the whole time and they didn't want you to see that. Right. Um. <laughs> I do. I love. Well, I thought about this. I, I thought Sting had gotten kind of smart for a second because he's saying, "Look, people retire in wrestling all the time. That doesn't mean anything. Let's take this paid vacation and get out of here." And it sounded like he and his partner were not on the same page about this little scam. <laughs> right. <laughs> but then evidently they were. I don't. Because they answered in know. unison at the end, <laughs> so they faked that whole thing. That was like predetermined at some point. Maybe while they were walking and Sid was cutting a promo, maybe under their breath they were just like, "Look, we're gonna punk these guys, and it's gonna be really funny." I I don't I don't know I don't know, but uh, the heels of course are furious, and and Ray says they've signed their death warrant and they won't even make it to Beach Blast, so there goes Jeez. with the death threats again. And uh, I was gonna say. Parker then says they better enjoy their time on the island because they might be there for a very long time. And there's more maniacal laughing from everybody. And then there's this little thing of dialogue between Davy Boy and Sting. What do you suppose they mean by that? I don't know, Davy. They're just desperate people, and desperate people do desperate things. But I'll tell you one thing. They're going to be tough. And I just love that little delivery from Sting there. <laughs> Everything, every entry in this series, I have gotten really strong Batman 66 vibes. Yeah, yeah. And that line of dialogue much. in particular. I don't know, Robin, but they're desperate. Like, you can just hear Adam West saying But it's words. without the joke. So that's the difference. Like, there's right, always a joke in the ba- in uh, Batman 66. There's no joke here. <laughs> no, the joke is just how earnest they are. Like, oh. I don't think it's intentional, but that's Oh, no, it's not intentional. That's for sure. This is great. But anyway, they don't care, and they just go back to playing volleyball with the kids. Um, then, then, all of a sudden, right after they say, let's go play volleyball, it just smash cuts to Sting talking to those two little girls from earlier. And he, and he apparently, they wanted to talk to him, although we never saw that. We just see him talking to them. And, uh, and he wants to know what they want to tell him. They say some gibberish you can barely understand, like you think like two like four and five year old girls are talking, but they're pretty much saying that they saw a funny guy around the boat. And Sting repeats that and then goes, Say what? And then just like walks off. And it's it's it sounds so funny. It is fantastic. And he goes off to investigate. Another... I was really hoping he'd ask what the guy's name was. I know, I wish to. And then yeah, Jaws. <laughs> His name is Sean. <laughs> you better be get great. out of here, Sting. That would be great. And then there's another smash cut, and Davy Boy is now looking for Sting and is like standing next to those same girls, and they tell him the same thing they told Sting. And he says, No, they wouldn't, and yells for Sting and takes off running. So he's clearly smarter than Sting. He's put two and two together right. here, even though there's nothing to put together right. from what he's heard from the little girls. Right. He's been like, wait, in the other scene that I didn't watch, that guy had a bomb. Right, right. Um, so 
we uh, we see the bomb is about to go off. Like we have a close up of the bomb, and like we see the you know the the hands moving. This is like a face with hands on like the clock on this bomb. Like wow. it looks ridiculous. And um, it's about to go off. Sting is on the boat looking around. He clearly can't see it and just is completely oblivious. And Davy Boy is just sprinting towards it, sprinting down the beach. <laughs> he then dives, and we see the bomb almost go off. He dives and tackles Sting off the boat into the water right as the bomb goes off. It explodes. <laughs> the kids gasp, and we get great dramatic close-up of a guy taking off his sunglasses, like right as it's happening, you know, like, whoa, that type of thing. And another of a girl, like, wiping away a tear. And, and you know, we just keep seeing all these shocked faces. We see what is supposed to be the smoldering wreckage of the boat, but it's really just like a couple blocks of metal painted to look burnt. It doesn't look like it used to be a boat at all. It's like two squares smoking. And, um, and, uh, so there's more close-ups of people looking sad. And, you know, this must have been the end. The Sting and Davy Boy, they, they didn't make it, apparently. I mean, this is a mob hit. I mean. Yeah, no, that's They got murder. blown up. Straight up. Blown up, Harris. That's the, not even murder in a wrestling-related context. Which no. we've come into a few times on this show. This is just straight up like they might as well have shot him. Right. But no. Sting and Davy Boy burst out of the water hand in hand, raising their arms up like they just landed a 10 out of 10 dive off of a diving board. And <laughs> just stand the there. Right. And just stand there triumphantly. All the kids cheer. And it says to be continued. Now, I'm going to pause right here. That's the end of this. This is supposed to be a happy ending. No other explanation is given. They still got their boat blown up and are stranded on this island. How do they leave? Why are people cheering? They're trapped. They're they're trapped. Legitimately stuck. Right. No explanation, nothing. I hope Sting gave someone else a copy of that map. I hope so, too. Because you know they weren't getting a ride on that World War II landing craft. That handbrake turn from to be continued to that's the end of this is truly amazing. Well, the to be continued is the match. That doesn't count. No, How it doesn't. And this is the other thing that I got it. This is even the stranger part. Now, this thing aired on that same episode of WCW Saturday Night that I played that promo from earlier. Yeah. It aired in the middle of that. It comes back and they're in the ring. Like, when was this supposed to have taken place? <laughs> and how did they get home? Where are the kids? We don't know. Is commentary asking any of these questions? No. Ah, That's disappointing. That's, That's what I was hoping for. They're just there. I don't oh, get it. Man. There's That's so the many way- questions. I mean, I we had questions after the other one. Like, oh, did Sting get pulled in the fire? And like other things. But like, this is a whole nother level. Yeah, that's. That's pretty amazing. They just kept upping the tension and providing no resolution. At no. All. And so Davy Boy is in a match. He wins a squash match. Sting joins him in the ring, and they and he again acts like they should retire and accept the offer from part. Like he does that bluff again, and, and he's talking about how these guys are really big. It's basically just like pro- promoing the match in like the worst way possible. It's like what you would think they would just be doing normally right. in a wrestling program without the video in between. Right. And then Davy Boy, this time, though, was like entertaining the idea. 
And when he says maybe, and when he says maybe Sting is right, the crowd like falls silent. Like they're shocked. But then the crowd comes alive and is encouraging them, so they decline. And it's just like, okay, okay. So, just go ahead, Harris. I was just going to see that doesn't sound bad. Like it's a little, you know, like just to, like the hero is like, oh, I don't know, maybe I can't do it. And the crowd is like genuinely moved. Right. And then you're like, no, we're going to get him anyway. And the crowd's like, yeah, like this is what they should have been focusing on. I agree. I agree. So we go to Beach Blast and the whole arena is set up to look like a bad music video shoot from like the 80s with like sand and tiki torches and beach stuff. And and Eric Bischoff and Missy Hyatt are introducing it and they're like decked out in beachwear. So you have Eric Bischoff wearing like swim trunks and a Hawaiian shirt with a hat on backwards. It's a very odd look. They did that for Bash at the Beach sometimes too. And they've I done that. They, they've weird. done this a lot. <laughs> it looks really like. I know we talk about how we'd like to see pay per views have more like theming and the sets and stuff, but it looks sloppy. Like I don't like it. I think it's a dumb look. Well, some. I mean, it's done. There's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it, and this was not the right way to do it. I mean, we even talked about like it's like Road Wild when all the announcers were dressed in biker gear. You know, like yeah, sometimes yeah, it just weird. looks weird. Um. Anyway, so the match is the main event again. So again, the title isn't on the line in the main event. And also during this time, there are two titles. There's the NWA Championship, which right now is being used as the big gold belt. And then there's the WCW Championship, which was like this different design, which I can't even explain that they used for a few years in this early 90s. And they're both kind of viewed as the main title, but the NWA title is actually being defended all the time. And as I talked about with Vader, he's rarely defending this other title. It's weird. It's it's a weird thing. But anyway, this match is the main event, as all of these mini-movie matches have been. I mean, they've put, I don't know, 500000 or more into each of these mini-movies. And so, Jeez. they might as, yeah, they spent a ton of money on these. Jeez. How could you not buy quality with that amount of money? I, That's I, incredible. I have no idea, Harris. That's one of life's big mysteries. Boy. Um, the match, um, both Sting and Davey Boy take their turns selling and each get a hot tag in the match. It's basically just, uh, you know, a, a solid tag team match. It's, it's not a bad match. Um, Vader and Sid kind of control most of the matches you would expect from guys who are six, seven and 350 and 400 pounds. Right. Um, and the end comes when Vader hits a moonsault off the top rope, which is just awesome. And then Sting comes die. Then Sting was like fighting with Sid over on that insurance ramp. You know when WCW in the early '90s had that big ramp that like went all the way to the ring, yeah. like even with the ring. Well, Sting was like down that f- fighting with Sid, so he like comes flying in, <laughs> dives over the top rope like Kalisto, and and like breaks up the pin like from Vader doing the moonsault. It's actually pretty awesome looking. And then uh, and then and. So he saves him, and then Davey Boy ends up getting up and then pins Vader with a crucifix pin, and they get the win. So Sting and Davey Boy get the win, and that's the end of the match, and that's the end of the feud as far as I could tell. And, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But Vader's still champion. Oh, yeah. So yeah. none of that mattered at all. No, no, no. <laughs> n- not, not a single one of these matches has mattered. Because remember, even last week, the main event Sting, Vader, Strat match, the title wasn't on the line. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So um Whew. that 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 rounds out the uh the 
WCW Trilogy of Terror match, and we end it with Sting and Davy Boy getting their boat blown up and stranded on a deserted island, and mm-hmm. then they just popped up back in yeah. the WCW literally that same day. Yeah. And uh, then just kind of had a, a match. And that was it. A good match, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not bad. It's a solid tag match. It, it It's kind of funny watching any tag matches pre WWE taking over everything or really you just watch any non WWE tag match and it's just so refreshing just like oh even though this is two guys these aren't teams and their guys shoved into stuff which is what WWE always has done always it's still that but they still are putting on a tag team match and it's just so refreshing to watch actual tag team matches even when they're not tag teams like yeah you know they're able to do like there's there's an art form there's a way to do a tag match, and it's not done nowadays. Nowadays, they just do singles matches with four people, and so yeah. it's just nice. It was nice to see. I mean, it's nothing special, but it's it's a it's a fine match. Like it's but, a solid, right? It's talented workers. But man, I think this might this this is probably my favorite of these mini movies because it is just it's something else, man. It's definitely it sounds insane. It does sound like the most insane and like most complicated one. It's I just don't it's amazing. Like, I know. I, I think we've touched on this a little bit, or at least I've thought about it. But with each of these three, like, I just think it's so funny how insecure—not just wrestling fans are, but like wrestling promoters clearly are. Because this sounds like something that Vince McMahon would do. Like Vince McMahon yeah. has WWE Studios because he wants it to be World Wrestling Entertainment. Like he wants to be movies and comedy and romance. Like he wants to be more than wrestling at a very like deep level of his being that I don't think he can come to grips with. Right. That's why he sells like hundreds of millions of dollars of his stock to try and make the XFL work again. <laughs> right. Cause he wants to be this like entertainment monopoly conglomerate. And it's like, it, it's not even wrestling anymore. You know, it's sports entertainment. Like this is all criticism that people have of Vince McMahon now, but it, it seems to still be true. Like, this is old-school WCW. This is like wrestling, except even in this. <laughs> right. They're trying so hard to be more than wrestling. Well, think about it. They were bought a few years, you know, four or five years earlier by Turner, which, you know, is a TV company. And I don't know if you've ever listened to Eric Bischoff talk about it, but that's that's one of his big explanations for many of the things that have happened in WCW because it was a TV company. So that that's where like the criticism of oh they didn't care about the pay-per-views and they only cared about Nitro and beating Raw it's like well it was a TV company so the ratings and TV are more important overall to the company than like the pay-per-view revenue or like stuff yeah. like that so that's part of where that comes from but yeah it's it's very bizarre and this was the last one thing well unfortunately this was the last one cuz if there were more oh man we would definitely do them <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we'd be doing them for months that's a shame but like i just it's just sad like i feel like when people think of wrestling they think of dumb cheesy nonsense and it doesn't have to be that way right but one way to almost guarantee that it is that way is to try really hard to act like you're not wrestling like oh, the yeah. best wrestling on the planet right now is nxt because it's just like an old school territorial wrestling show with a few matches and programs every week and then a big blow off every few months. Mm-hmm. But it's very unapologetically wrestling. Oh, and yeah. it works because it knows exactly what it is. And we don't have to have this weird 
10-minute digression where Ricochet and Alistair Black are stranded on a desert island <laughs> and have to lash sea turtles together like Jack Sparrow to but, escape or something. But you got to admit, that would be awesome. That would be pretty cool. You know, as I say that, I'm like, but I'd watch that. Ooh. Maybe we right. should get into that. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't complain. Book it, Vince. He, like, oh, he Ronda will. Rousey and Becky Lynch are trapped on a desert island, and they have to work out their differences in order to escape. That would have been better than what we've had. <laughs> that would have been great. So maybe we're coming at this the wrong way. Maybe I think we are. Movies. I think they were on to something here that we didn't realize. We're taking it all back. We need more videos. Oh, man. But it, it's great, and this was just so much fun to watch. And, Harris, you got to watch it. It's on WWE Network. Um, yeah, if you, like, search uh, Beach Blast, it's, like, on page two, like, right there at the top, like, when you do it. And it's, like, seven and a half minutes long, this thing, and it is... It's it's worth every second. It, it's, all right, I'm it's gonna something. add that to my list because I want to be able to watch all of these anyway. And I I don't know if I'll have time this week or not, but especially in the next few weeks, my schedule should open up, and mm-hmm. I do. I wanted I want to watch some old wrestling, so I'm it, definitely gonna put that on my list. It's worth it. It's worth it. So that does it for that topic. And now it is time to talk about our patron saint, David Arquette. It's coming. It's almost time. I know, I know. So, but no, there's good news, Harris. He has another schedule, another wrestling schedule, and it's for April 5th. And it's going to be he's going to wrestle Timothy Thatcher at Joey Ryan's penis party. Yes, dude. Of course it's he is. It's not a death match, is it? I I do not believe so. Okay, good. <laughs> but but he is going to be in action and then also he has another that other at the end of April one that's been scheduled for months. Um, about uh, against uh, King King Brian or whoever it was, but uh, yeah, so he does have a new thing scheduled for um, April fifth. So that's coming up next week, WrestleMania weekend. Heck yeah! So uh, yeah, go out to uh, Joey Ryan's penis party and support our patron Saint David Arquette. We will not be there because that's very far away. But yeah, that's fine. That's also, fine. I will be at work most likely, so I won't yeah. watch it. Yep, more more than likely. So anyway, that that's really all I have with David Arquette. If again. I come back next week and I don't have a job anymore, it's because somebody saw me watching something called Joey Ryan's Penis Party while I was at my desk, <laughs> and they let me go. But I did it for you, David Arquette. I love you. Oh, that would actually be really funny. <laughs> it wouldn't be good, but it would be really funny. Oh man! No, no, it's it's a wrestling pay per view. No, okay, not that kind of thing. <laughs> I understand. Oh man. Anyway, the only thing, the only reason I'd ever watch something called Penis Party is if David Arquette was in it. Like, that is the only way you would get me to watch that. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, that does it for this week of Behind the Gorilla. Um, again, thank you for putting up with our uh, Gorilla segment at the beginning. And thank you for listening to all of these Trilogy of Terror WCW episodes, and hopefully, you've enjoyed them. I gotta come up with something else in two weeks, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. I haven't had to think about it in so long because I've just been doing this, and it's been nice. Now I gotta go back to thinking of something. Oh well, back to the list. But anyway, you can follow us on Twitter at behind underscore gorilla. That is the um, podcast page. Tweeting, I tweet out all the links to the episodes and any other wrestling stuff that I happen to think about. Harris jumps on there from time to time, and you can also follow our personal accounts. Mine is Marky Mark Brand. Mine's at Harris Wilson. So you can do that as well. 
And uh, yeah, go ahead and give us a uh, give us a like um, on Facebook as well. We're on Facebook if you happen to do there. Just search behind the Gorilla Wrestling Podcast. And then go ahead and give us a rating and review on iTunes if you're so inclined. Again, doesn't have to be good. I mean, you could be like, all they talked about was gorillas. If you listen to like the first three minutes of it and then just give us a half star or something, that's fine. That That's that's perfectly fine. But uh, yeah, go ahead and do that because that, that always helps. So yeah, that does it. Harris will hopefully have something next week because he's going to be real. Oh, no, next week we're going to try a, a WrestleMania something. So we'll do yeah, something Yeah, I was week. about to jump in and say, let us know if you think of something we should do for our WrestleMania Spectacular. Sure. Yeah, go ahead and let us know if you have an idea. We're all we're open to suggestions, but we'll, we'll have something next week. I don't know if we'll change when it comes out due to WrestleMania. I don't know. I don't know what was, we're going to do. I think the plan, I mean, this might all change. You might all edit this out. I think our plan was to try and release it Sunday so we don't yeah. have this weird issue where we talk about WrestleMania after WrestleMania. Like, I know the way we record, it doesn't really line up with the wrestling calendar well. True. But for WrestleMania especially, we don't really want to be behind the gun on that one because we're not going to have, you know, if we release it Monday and, you know, like Ronda Rousey wins both of the titles. <laughs> We're not going to have anything to say about that, and that's going right. to be really disappointing for y'all. So that's true. It might just be as simple as like we just talk about our favorite and least favorite WrestleMania moments of all time. I something think like that's that, what like I'm leaning towards. Past. We'll do something like that, and then I mean, yeah. obviously, we'll 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 talk about WrestleMania a little bit, uh, of course, yeah. as well. Yeah, so for sure. I think that's we'll do something like that for next week. So just keep an eye out for that. Uh, of course, whenever we have stuff finalized, I'll I'll let you guys know on Twitter. So make sure and just follow the uh, the page for that. So that does it. Again, thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm Mark. And I'm Harris. Have a great week.